Okay, so we still got like a minute or something on the actual countdown. <laughs> so we good. Don't worry about Look it. Look at me. I'm sitting up here smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right. I'm getting ready to kind of go live to us in a second. All right. Okay. I'm sorry, don't be coming at me with these hard questions now. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You nominated us and you voted. And thanks to you, our loyal listeners. We are the Southern Entertainment Awards Radio Station of the Year. 2016. Yeah, you know what it is. K100 Radio. What's good? This is Kelby Channing, publisher of Making It Magazine, here to let all my independent artists, producers, and DJs know about MakingItMag.com. Not only are we Atlanta's number one magazine for the urban music industry, but we're a national platform that provides real opportunities, real exposure, and real industry connections. Just log on to MakingItMag.com. Sign up for your membership and start submitting music to get booked on major shows, magazine features, radio interviews, sponsorships, and more great opportunities. That's makingitmag.com, doing dope stuff for dope artists. Ten years strong. It's going down. Here's another exclusive interview on K100 Radio. You are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip-hop and R&B. All right. What's that, man? Hello, hello. Oh, man. What up? Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to K100 Radio. I am your host, Blizzard. What's up, everybody? All right. We've got a special show tonight. Get my background music and everything turned up. All right. So we got to... Um, let well, me turn it down a little bit. We got, we, got a, we got a special show tonight over here on K100 Radio. We're doing something a little bit different. Uh, something that we really don't normally do a lot of over here on K100 Radio. We're talking to a political candidate, all right? And, you know, normally our, our brand and everything that we do over here at K100 Radio is all centered around, you know, the entertainment industry, you know, hip-hop and, um, you know, stuff like that. That's what we do, right? But at the end of the day, this platform is a media platform. And so it's, you know, incumbent upon us, you know, to be able to kind of stretch our wings a little bit sometimes when it's necessary, all right? So I want to introduce real quick, without further ado, Michelle Bryant, what's up? Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you. What's going on? Hello, everyone. Hello. This is Michelle Bryant, and she is running, all right, for commissioner of Ward 2 in my hometown of Panama City, Florida, all right? 
And it's really important that I don't want to take too long on this because we want to get into it and we want to get to the questions, all right? Um, and, be, and be sure that if you want to uh, ask the question, if you look at the um, bottom of the screen over there, uh, the phone numbers uh, going across the bottom whenever we uh, go to the screen, it's area code 516-387-5213, 516-387-5213. All right, that's the number that you can call into the show. It's scrolling across the uh, screen right there. All right, so Michelle is running for commissioner of War II. Um, she is someone that I went to junior high with and high school with. Yeah. Right? Um, so I've been knowing her for a very long time, and it's, it's, it's always – kind of just really dope to see people um that you grew up with and went to school with and class clown with and did homework with <laughs> and turned projects in with and you see them and they're going up and they um and they're doing great things like this um so i saw of course through social media because we're connected on facebook that she was running for commissioner and i was like yo that's really dope you know maybe she's got something that she wants to talk about and i know you do because um the election is coming up in april and so I'm not yeah. going to take too much time talking about myself or K100 Radio. This is all about – this is a special seg- segment for really geared towards the people that live in the demographic that you're running in. So for people that basically live in Panama City, Florida, not just War II because everybody needs to hear, you know, what's going on citywide without the, uh, with, with local politics. But just, just if you're not from there, that's cool. We invite you to still stay, hang around, and listen to this conversation. Uh, remember, if you listen to the replay on our Spotify podcast or any other platform, if you listen to the replay, uh, feel free to share it too after the fact. Uh, but we want to just invite people over to have a conversation with uh, Michelle because she's running. Because for me, it's important that, A, um, any form of uh, representation from a black-owned media platform like K100 Radio is involved with politics because at the end of the day, while we are an entertainment-based platform, we understand that politics affects us all, Right. As, as a business, as, as, as a homeowner, as a, as a you know, our kids, we got kids going to school, all kind of stuff, right? So it affects our daily lives, you know? So we want to make sure that we just uh, take the chance to have our, um, our guest talk about everything that she has planned for her um, campaign and also the goals that she wants to reach once she gets to the uh, – and if she does win, you know what I'm saying, and then what she plans to do if if that happens, um, but just give you a real one-on-one conversation with her about her plans as a candidate. So without further ado, I'm gonna turn it over to her and let her introduce herself. Michelle, go ahead, you got it. Yes. Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening. And first, just a huge shout out and thank you to Blissom. As he mentioned, we went to middle school specifically Patterson Middle School together. We went to high school together, and I'm just gonna share a little story of. Howard didn't cheat off of my paper. I cheated off of his paper. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, yes, everyone, thank you for joining in. As he mentioned, my name is Michelle Bryant, born and raised right here in Panama City, Florida. Um, Grew up in 11th Street Projects, right off of 11th Street. Went to Millville Elementary, went to Cedar Grove, I mean, elementary as well as Cedar Grove Elementary. Uh, middle school was Everett Middle School, as well as Jinx. And then, of course, the prestigious Bay High, class of 94, if you're on live. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michelle, move, um, move to your left for me for a little bit so I can get you centered up a little left? bit. Yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right there. Yeah, right there. Right there. Oh, right there. Right you there. Okay. Yeah, center right there. Oh. All right, so I want to make sure that you're centered on the screen. So listen. All right, that's, that's the background. That's how I know, Michelle. We go way back, right? So I want to get into, like, the actual – the actual campaign. First of all, first question is, you talked about it a little bit, but 
we talked about it real quickly, but I want you to tell people why did you even decide to run? Because politics is messy, man. Once you get into politics, yes. people be in your business. People got people mm-hmm. want to go back go back to middle school when you did this in high school <laughs> when you did that and you was messing with man, especially in a, in, a, in a smaller city like politics is messy and it, and, it, and it makes people dig up stuff on you so you're putting yourself out there as a public servant when you decide to do that I just want to know before we even get to any past anything why would you subject yourself to this scrutiny <laughs> why are you running it has to be something that motivated you to decide that yes I want to put myself out there like that. That's a good question, and I think I've been asking myself that question over and over and over again. (laughs) And so the main reason why I decided to run is that while I became a public servant and really wanting to allow myself to be a resource to everyone in the community, the main reason why I decided to run was I was seeing that in War II, no one was really representing our people. Um, You know, we grew up here in War II. We had the um, MLK Rec Center where many of us grew up. We were able to walk up and down MLK Boulevard and see many different businesses. And I'm like, I've been gone over 20 years, and to come back and to see that we've actually digressed versus progress, it was like, i got to come out here and make a difference. Um, I've served in the military. I've been on various different boards and leadership roles. And I was like, you know what? I need to do this for my children, for my future grandchildren, and for those of the people who don't have a voice or don't feel like they have a voice. So the real key one thing that happened, um, so I have to be very transparent and clear. Okay. I was at a city commissioner meeting. Go ahead. And there was a vote on a particular issue, which was a fire tax assessment vote. And the sitting commissioner voted against the very interest of the community. And that was kind of eye-opening for me. It was like, you know what, this has to change. I can't sit still and let the people in our community continue to not be represented in a way that's their best interest. And so, you know what, a couple of weeks later, I decided to go down and, and put my name in the ballot. So, and, and, and that's commendable, right? But here's the question. Like, so... What, 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 why did you feel that that, I don't want, and I don't want to get it because I don't want to go back to a back and forth, but why, why do you feel that wasn't, whatever it was, why wasn't it, why do you feel that it wasn't in the best interest of the people? Because sometimes, because one person can say, listen, that was a decision that I made because I'm in this position and I felt like it was the right decision and you could feel differently. What was it that just triggered you to make you say, no, that's really not in the interest of the people. And when, when you, when you answer it, like, tell me, frankly, what is it that you, you, you plan to address to change that very thing that actually just prompted you to get into it if you win, if you win the election? Right. So what prompted me to say that or decide to run is that when you are a public servant, I'm glad you brought that up, you have to serve the people, not big government. I know that's cliche to say, but when you are a public servant, you have to go out and really learn what is it that your community needs. Now, of course, you can't always um, make a decision that everyone's going to agree with or lock. I get that. But at least take the time and hear from the people that you represent what's in their best interest, what is affecting them, what's causing them some distress. And this very issue was causing a lot of citizens a huge distress. Uh, and it wasn't something that I heard. It's something that I'm very aware of because many people called me, many people reached out, and for this not to be conveyed to their leadership, it was very disturbing to me. And I knew at that point that it was my job to go ahead and run. And let me also be clear, while that was a one incident that happened, I had been attending city commissioner meetings for well over two years. 
and not to run, but more so get a better understanding on how government works, a better understanding on how I could be a resource to not only just my mother, but other citizens who have aged and who have retired and who don't have the time or the capacity to head down to city commissioner meetings every other week. So most of it started out as a resource, and then it kind of turned into, uh, hey, I would like to learn more. And then it became, wait a minute, things aren't working out for the best of our community, which then led to me deciding to run. Okay. So I want to talk about, because I, okay, I haven't, I haven't actually, you know, lived at home in, in, in a long time. I've been, I, my mm-hmm. home now, if you don't know who I am, um, I'm living, I'm born and raised, in, of course, in the Bay. Uh, I represent, of course, you know, most of the time I was spending my life in Glenwood, right? Which is currently right. consists of war two. So I, but I haven't lived at home, you know, since I, I actually moved away when I was very young. So I want you to explain what is war two now, because from my understanding, we had a quick conversation and it's changed. Like they've redrawn the district, the district a little bit. So exactly what does it cover now? If, if War Two, what does all that encompass? So everybody knows. Sure. So War Two back in December of 2022 was redistrict, and so um, War Two um, consists of, as um, Sarah just mentioned, the Glenbrook corridor, which is on MLK, but it's actually expanded a little bit into the San Andrews area. So it covers the Macedonia Apartments, Flowers Avenue, and a couple other streets that lead up into um, Frankfurt Avenue. In addition, it covers Jinx Avenue, which leads up into almost not quite into the Lynn Haven area, as well as parts of um, the street of uh, Jinx, Harrison, which leads up to the end of 390, and again, as I mentioned, the corridor around MLK, which is the Glenwood area. And let's, of course, not forget, it includes upwards to 7th Street, which is considered the Millville area. Okay. So War 2 is now expanded, and it touches just about every little piece of Panama City. All right. So that. Yeah, that's that. That's why I was like, wait a minute, because when we talked briefly on the on on the on the on the phone real quick, like before we even decided to do this, I was like, wait a minute, it, it's what I I was trying to wrap my brain around how much yeah. that has changed, because I know that that wasn't the case uh, when I was living there. So it's it's. Do you feel like that was for the better, like the way they re, they really redid it? Do you feel like that was because you know, of course, nationwide we've had issues with gerrymandering and and, and, and certain political mm-hmm. parties redrawing districts because they want a certain demographic in one part, but they want to X you out of the vote on another part. So do you feel like the way it was redrawn, that was, that was a good thing? I mean, did you feel like they, they, they got that wrong? Is that something else that you just kind of want to address? Yeah, so I'm going to answer this, and it's really yes and no, Sarah, and, and for everyone on the live here. So the NAACP of CURE, which are two African-American organizations here in Panama City, work with the city to um, redistrict the area. Um, according to the city code here in Panama City, there needed to be redistricting because, as you know, Hurricane Michael hit in 2018, and therefore um, part of the ward was reduced. So we lost um, the, the public housing by the MLK Rec Center. Of course, we lost homes. So the population in um, Ward 2 decreased. So by the bylaws in the city, they had to find a way to increase those numbers so that it could be even across, as close as possible, across all wards. So there was kind of inevitable that it had to be expanded. Um, but I think to the no part is, one, it could have waited for after this election, mm-hmm. right? That's the first thing. Because a lot of people, as you just said, aren't even aware that the ward has been expanded 
expanded and been resisted. I mean, they made this decision in December and we have the next election in April. And from my understanding, there isn't going to be any literature sent out to inform people. So my team and I are getting out there to try to educate people so they know, hey, you're in War II, um, here is an upcoming election, and I'm one of your candidates that is running. Um, the other part, though, is that it kind of puts all of the apartments in Panama City in one ward. Um, in my opinion, it's kind of packing. And so it's one voice and one ward versus there could have been multiple voices and multiple wards if that makes sense. So it's kind of a yes and no. We'll see after this election how it plays out. And if going forward, there needs to be some adjust adjustments. Because I was advised that they did not have to redistrict. They could have waited after this election. Ooh. So not necessarily, not, not gerrymandering, but I don't know. I, the one thing that's really bothering me is just like, okay, so they did this in December, and people probably don't even know they did it. They didn't put out, they did why why would they not send out uh DDM direct mails to every every mailbox you know letting them know about this change you know through the postal service because everybody has a mailbox and let everybody that's very concerning because you know it's just like election day anywhere else when you go to the wrong place or you you, you pull up at the last minute thinking you got a chance to vote and you don't mm -hmm. that's very problematic so yeah i i, I feel like very. that's that's highly suspect if anything else you know what i'm saying why they would not and then the other piece no. Cyril, is that not only did they redistrict where most citizens in war two voted which is at the glenwood community center which is directly behind us that is no longer a voting poll they now have to go to ad harris which is not too far from the glenwood community center but again if you're used to voting at the glenwood community center you pull up at 655 and you don't know that it's changed what are you going to do you're going to turn around and go home and not vote and so again while it's on the supervisor of elections website again i'm being advised it won't be something that's direct mail it'll be you should know this okay yeah. right <laughs> right of our right yeah, yeah that's that, that's crazy i see a couple people uh, have some comments i want to read it and i want to i want to i want to make sure that everybody knows that my switchboard is up i i, I purposely made sure that uh people were able to call in because i want to we want i want to hear your voice if you have a question for michelle please um call our switchboard 516-387-1523 the number it will be scrolling uh down across the bottom of the screen if, you, if you're watching the screen Area code 516-387-1523. Actually, I'll just type that over there in the live stream in a second on Facebook. I want you guys to call in. If you want to ask uh, her a question, we'll bring you on the air. People will be able to hear your voice. You don't have to identify yourself if you don't want to. You'll be identified by the first couple of digits of your phone number. We won't give it out. But if you want to actually ask her a question on the air so people can hear it and it's recorded on the podcast and people can listen to the replay, I welcome it. We want it. We really sat down yeah. and I said, I want to make sure that people can call in just like any other radio show. This time we have other, all the other shows. People can call in, and you know, some sometimes people don't want to, you know, talk. They want to keep anonymous on the Facebook, but sometimes people want to talk and ask a question. So the switchboard is up, and if you call in, I'll see your number. Area code five one six three eight seven one five two three. That is the number. Feel free to call. All right. So I want to ask you a couple of pointed questions, and I and I hope that people. I'm going to try to read some in the um, Facebook comments too as well. Um, someone mentioned uh, that you know there are a lot of people that that are being St. Andrews. Um, no, won't even know that they're in that ward. And someone else mentioned right. that was a, that was a question that uh, that was a good question. So I want to make sure I get some other stuff in. So living in Atlanta, right? I've seen. Okay, here's the thing: living in Atlanta, clarity. Although I have business up here and my life is up here now, 
I'm high, I'm still very connected with people back home through family, through social media, through friends, whatever, right? So with that being said, I take a vested interest in knowing what's going on, you know, in the news and stuff. And of course, when I'm up here and I'm looking at things that go on, whether it be just news on the channel or whatever, it could just be talk. I noticed that there's been a, several instances of corruption that's been, you know, legal legal action. People have been getting taken to court. People have getting been getting fired. Uh, just a lot of co- corruption, and it seems like way more than what a city besides the Panama City should be dealing with. Now, we understand that everything that happened with Michael, something like that comes through. You're going to have corruption. You're going to have – that's going to pop off because everybody's trying to get over on, you know, the unfortunate, and they're trying to, you know, you know just do dirt, right? But I wanted to ask you specifically, like, how, how do you feel about the level of corruption that's been going on over the past couple of years, and how would you change and address it once you get into office? Like, I, I feel like – you know, when I see stories like that in his, in his home, it's like, man, you know, it's, it's it's already enough going on. Like, they don't need crooked politicians. They don't need people pocketing money. They don't need people making back-end deals with, you know, contractors. It's just a lot. You know what I'm saying? And and these, and this, and this, some of this stuff is national news stories. I'm just like, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? So I want to ask you specifically, yeah. like, what would you do to kind of sort of address any corruption if you were to able, if you were um to win the election? That's a really loaded question, sir. And I'm going to start off by saying and quoting something that a federal judge recently said about Panama City. Panama City has more corruption than New Jersey and New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. That's heartbreaking, right? You know, we've gone through a lot. Hurricane Michael, of course, COVID, um, the economy, the shift and the change that we've seen. So one of the things that I think, and I want to make sure all of the listeners are aware of, that I plan to do is we've got to definitely cut out this wasteful spending. And I think part of that stems from the corruption. Um, more specifically for War II, um, we have a CRA director that is, of course, currently in jail. So I won't go too far into the investigation. But being someone that has tried to work with this individual, it was very hard for War II. War II has missed out on a lot of opportunities to grow from a business perspective, economically, from a housing perspective. And so one of the things that I plan to bring to the table is being able to review the budget, look at some of the wasteful spending that has already occurred, and look at ways to diffuse it going forward. As I currently look at the 2023 budget, I already see various ways to cut out some of this wasteful. I'll give you an example. Um, You can't get a million dollars from rather the citizens, taxpayers, or the federal government, and out of that a million dollars, spend $800,000 just on design. There's all kinds of things that are going on here that just does not make sense. Hmm. And as a candidate, I want to bring my educational background from having an MBA, working in finance and healthcare and government, and bring some kind of common sense. While you don't have to have a degree to be in public um, servant, you definitely need to have an understanding of numbers and understanding that you are the steward of public dollars and you need to be accountable for those dollars. Um, Another thing is I do not work for the city, nor have I worked for the city. I'm not on any board that the city has. Uh, My organization does not... um, work with the city in regards to um, funding from the budget. And we do work with the city with regards to events and making sure there's a high level of quality of life. But one of the things I absolutely want to bring is a laser focus on where dollars are spent and also making sure that dollars are spent in board too. Um, There's been a lot of funding that has come through federal, local to ward two, but those funds were misappropriated. 
I mean, it's public record. Any one of the viewers can go look that those were dollars that were diverted to other parts of the city. I know, Star, you may not have been home in a while, but as you know, the MLK Rec Center was tore down. Right. There aren't any new businesses along MLK. Thank goodness, goodness for the Steel Boys and really Grady's being the very few businesses that reside on the Glenwood Corridor. Right. So, of course, we have the issue with zoning and the fact that DOT came in the late 80s, early 90s and put the median in and kind of cut down the business. But there are things that we can do to change that and cut out all this corruption and use the funds where they need to be used. So that's really my main goal. Right. I like that answer. And I, I was always wondering, we got some calls in the line. So uh, I pinned the, uh, on the Facebook page, I pinned the uh, phone number on the Facebook page. Uh, K100 Radio's Facebook page, so it's over there, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take a couple of calls if you don't mind for a second. Sure, but I don't, want, I don't want the callers to hold off, and then we we can finish our conversation. But I always thought about that, like any time I would come home, like you know that 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 little corridor right there, it's like okay, it's leading from, it's, uh, it's coming up Cove, it's, it's coming up Cove Boulevard, and you know it's just the, the hospital's right there, it leads you right up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, um, you know, no, nothing ever gets built right there though. You know what I'm saying? And I never thought about, mm-hmm. you know. The, the, you know, what the medians would do, how they really would cut down. I know why they put it, probably put it down there for whatever reason they did, but you want them, you basically want them to move. If you win, you're going to try to get them moved, right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, right now, um, the commission is working with the Department of Transportation to figure out where in the median can be removed. Because again, this is actually a state issue, mm-hmm. not actually a Bay County, even though um, the city of Panama City is a part of it. Um, getting those medians removed, and not only is it an issue as regards to growing business, style, it's an issue for emergency reasons. If you recall, again, as I said, we had Hurricane Michael, and emergency vehicles would literally have to drive all the way down, make a U-turn to come back up to get on the right side of our community. And right. that's not that's not good. We need to be able to have access to access to resources, emergency management whenever needed, not just a hurricane, but any given situation. And I see that I, I got I'm just I'm just on the screen right now. I'm getting ready to go to the calls, and I just got this image. Uh, you know, for one of the reasons that you listed to vote for you was small business development. And so just hearing you talk about you know you know I'm a I'm a small business owner myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't actually three you know what I'm saying? so i understand what it's like like you know when you start you know you know people that own businesses and own homes and stuff all that kind of stuff matters but we want to make sure that even if you don't own a business even if you don't own a home it doesn't matter if you're renting whatever you still live in the community this stuff that happens still affects you even if you don't pay homeowners fees or taxes you still live there Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? everything still affects you even when you don't necessarily see it right plain in front of your view you know what i'm saying all these little nuances and things. So you want somebody in there that understands what it's like, you know, that's been in your shoes and that you can talk to. And I'm assuming you'll have an open door policy. Am I correct? Absolutely. One of the things that I would like to change in regards to War Two is you can talk to me anytime. You know, I'm not some figure that sits in some big office. Like, I want to have an open door policy. Um, let's make good use of our time and our resources. And I want to back up real quick to businesses. I, too, also own three businesses. And for the past 12 years, I've been looking for a brick and mortar right here in the heart of Glenwood or St. Andrews. And a lot of the brick and mortar, especially on the MLK corridor, were tore down and right. never rebuilt. Yeah. And so I'll give you a little stat real quick. There's a new AMI where the old Burger King used to sit back in our day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an AMI now. Uh-huh. And this AMI is number five in the entire state of Florida as far as 
um, the revenue that they generate and the amount of people that stop through that business. Right. I share that by saying with that type of revenue that's generated, type of um, people that are stopping there, imagine if you go down MLK and put more businesses, yeah. how successful those businesses could be how successful the war could be because now you have locations for people to walk. Glenwood is a 35% walkable area, so most people don't have cars. So you have people who can walk the jobs, walk to grocery stores. You just change the whole livelihood of the people right here in this community. Exactly. Good stuff. So I'm getting ready to go to the phone lines again. Area code 516-387-1523. I'm going to call out your area code in the first three of your phone, and you should hear me also. You should get a prompt. Uh, I'm not going to call anybody's name. You don't have to give your name if you don't want to, but if you do want to, um, that's cool. Please just make sure we keep all our questions pertinent to the conversation and respectful, all right? Area code 850-317. Hello? Hello, hello? Hey, it's me. Hey, what's going Sorry. on? Welcome to the show. What's going on? You can give your name if you don't want to. It's cool. Um, Everybody knows. This this Corey Thicklin. All right. What's, what's up, brother? Raised, what's going on, Corey? Born and raised by the city. I want <laughs> I want to let Michelle know she got my vote, and and, and I'm gonna bring somebody. I'm gonna bring at least five people with me. At real. Now, having said that, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this because you know, thank you, Sarah, for, for the platform. You know what I mean? That you do, man. You know what I'm saying? And you know, keeping it real. Everything Absolutely. that she's, everything she said, man, is is is, is true. Is real. And and right here in Glenwood, uh, we we. We used to we used to be able to walk to the store and, and Mr. Freddie Clark and you know yeah small businesses man and, and and you know it was a community then now it's it's it's, it's horrible yeah and then yeah you know in in my in my spot in my spot you know I just got my voting rights back you know because I got taken a long way you know what I'm saying a long time ago mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but but I'm gonna say this in my spot is I'm so elated. You know what I mean? Not only to have someone, you know what I'm saying, that I know, that, that way you, you know you can trust them. You feel me? You're right. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's smart and, and courageous to go up, up, up against that system. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Yes, yeah, I and do. Give us all, and give us all the voice, man. And, and, and thank you, Michelle. You feel me? You just just know I'm, we got soldiers behind you. I believe. You know what I'm saying? I believe in it. And, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in that neighborhood, man. Rick Post yeah. been built for everything, man. Come on. Yeah. Not yeah. only been built, you know, and they didn't took the, the community thing from the, you know what I'm saying, from the housing up there. Like y'all said, took our, took our red bricks. You know, I don't want to get, I don't want to yeah. get off subject, but, you know, red brick, red brick is, 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 is means money. Right. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. They're taking our, they're taking our, they trying to take our identity, man. No, we, you know what? It's cool. You know? You know what I mean? Well, Hey, here, here it is, right here it is, right. Running for office, you know what I'm saying? Patience is a virtue. I beat at a vote, yeah. and I have five people with me. Absolutely, brother. That's what's up, Corey. Thank you, Corey. Thank, thank you for so calling much. in, homie. Appreciate that. No, no, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Stand up, <laughs> homie. All right, K100 <laughs> Radio. Absolutely, K100 Radio. Uh, we are live right now. We're rocking with Michelle Bryan. She's running for commissioner. Uh, down in Panama City of War Two, and we're asking her some questions. That we're also allowing the people that are on the um, live stream to call in. Uh, please do. The number is five one six three eight seven one five two three. She's my special guest. Like I said, she's running, and 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 I want to I want to say this too. I want to tell anybody that's watching this. 
I, I you guys know I, I I don't live at home anymore. I live in Atlanta now, right? So I can't vote. So this is not about me. This is not necessarily an endorsement or telling me telling you trying to make you vote for anybody. This is giving you a platform. I want to give you a platform, and all, any candidate is welcome to, to, to if they want to reach out the same way she did. You know what I'm saying? If they don't know me, this is not going to be something where I say, "Oh no, I don't want to talk to this person." No, 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 no. I want to talk to everybody because I want everybody to have all the information. I want you to go up there and I want you to go in that booth to make the decision based on what you've heard, knowing where you vote, knowing that you that you are in war too, that you've had conversations, that the people have, have you've heard from them. So this is just a way for me to open that gate and that and that and that opportunity for you to talk to her. But I want you to do your due diligence, all right? Because I can't vote. Again, I cannot vote in that election. Most of you guys watching this live stream, you can. All right, I'm gonna take one more call, uh, Michelle. Well, actually, we got two more because we got time, right? You got some more okay. to be. You got some more to be. I got time. I got time today. Okay. I got time today. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right. So let me go to uh, another call real quick, and I'm gonna try to take him in the order that I saw him pop up on the screen uh, on the switchboard. Okay. Area code. Uh, area code nine zero four three zero five. What's up? Who's this? Hello. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Hi, my name is Angela. Um, first of all, I would like to uh, thank Michelle for what she has already brought to the community. Um, are you there? Yes, we're here. Go ahead. Okay. Such as uh, acquiring a building for veterans um, to have a place to meet veterans' reps because they were so far out in the city. So she brought that back to the neighborhood, and we do appreciate because not all vets in uh, Glenwood neighborhood in particular had transportation. And right. then secondly, I'd like to uh, tell her thank you for allowing alcoholics and drug addicts to hold a meeting in uh, her building. It was desperately needed, and we are grateful for that, too. And... um also, the inspiration and the time that she fits into the seniors in the neighborhood, because Glenwood uh, Rec Center was turned, I mean, uh, closed down, even after Hurricane Michael and they remodeled it, they refused to let the neighborhood have use of the building. It was only rented out to the public domain, and Michelle fought and fought to get the building open, and I think it opens next week. Well, my first yes. question is, um, the city had uh, closed um, Linwood Community Center, as I, as I stated. My question is that if, well, not if, when she becomes commissioner, will the other community centers in her ward be reopened for community use as well? Okay, Michelle, go ahead and answer that for us real quick. We'll go ahead. And, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I will first want to say thank you for your love and, and your support. As many people that know me, I'm not one to toot my own horn. Um, so when I hear people share what I've done, it just warms my heart because sometimes I forget. I'm so busy doing things that I forget to even sit back and look at, wow, I did do that. Um, so as far as your question, the first thing I'll say is Glenwood Community Center is the only community center in more two, unfortunately. And so while I did work diligently with the, with the city to open it up to more community events, um, I will continue that fight. Um, thank you to Shonda Palmer of Quality of Life who actually took the time to sit down to not just listen to me, because again, it's not about me, but listen to 
the people that live in the community who have been voicing out that they wanted somewhere where they could go um, have an art class. As you guys can see back here on the wall, shout out to Robbie Curry who paints some really awesome pencil art. Um, we have seniors who create really awesome wreaths. So we want to continue in allowing the community to participate in events that they've always participated in and making sure people in our community have somewhere to go, especially since the MLK Rec Center is not slated to return until 2025. Wow. Okay. And that's, there's so much stuff that be going on that you know, I just didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not privy to because I'm not there, but it's just good hearing all these uh, stories and all this feedback. You know, we got two more callers on the line. And remember, you know, we'll take calls as long as we can, as long as we can have them share here. Area code 516-387-1523. That's the number to call into the K1's radio switchboard. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to come to the uh, other two callers. I see area code 301, area code 850866. I'm going to come to you guys in a second. Um, I got a question to ask you, yeah. uh, Michelle. So everybody who lives in the community cares about a, a couple of key things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, affordable housing, you know, businesses and jobs. Several people on the live stream have uh, mentioned that they need more stores and more businesses. Shout out to everybody that's watching, man. I see a lot of good people, you know, watching on the live stream that, you know, are active in the community. I see DJ Big Boy. I saw Vision. I saw a couple other people, man. You know, so shout out to everybody that's watching, you know, all my other people that I know that's watching um, and everybody that's calling and being a part of this. We'll talk about crime. Crime is important. And when you, you know, we're older now, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows everybody has a history in the past and the background, but now we're older. And we're seeing so many things that happen in the community that affect us, especially as, as, as frankly, black people, right? And I don't want to make this whole interview about us being black or not. It's just a, it's just a fact, right? For instance, stuff that's going on in Memphis with the five officers who are also black, whatever. But we're talking about things like police brutality and how the police are, how the people, how the police handle situations in the community and in law enforcement and how crime is policed. As a commissioner, I want to ask you, how will you work as law enforcement with law enforcement as a woman? Keeping in mind that you're a woman, you're a black woman, you have black sons, you know what I'm saying? And there's been a lot of, of tension over the past couple of years, frankly, from, from the onset of this country's inception, but really, you know, over the last years, it's been highlighted with social media and videos and, you know, people getting uh, murdered and killed by the police unjustly. How will you, how will you, how will you work with law enforcement? Because you're going to have to. You're going to have to work right. with law enforcement at some point. If you win, you're going to have to deal with the cops. That's just it. How do you plan on working with them in a way that keeps crime down and makes the community better, but at the same time, making sure that as black people, we are equally represented and we are policed fairly? That's a question that I feel like a lot of people would want to know. Maybe not necessarily ask you that, May, and it's a tough one, you know what I'm saying, based on everything that goes on in politics and how politics is, you know, tied in with law enforcement. But I feel like it's a question I want to ask you, and, um, and then I'll go to another call, but if you don't mind answering that one for me. Sure, that's a really good question, sir. And I'll start off by saying that I already work with the police. Um, I have, in my opinion, a really good rapport, a good relationship with them. And I'll also share a personal story. You mentioned, you know, I have a black son who just recently joined the United States Army to serve this country. And we had an incident back in 2019 where my son was pulled over. Um, Him and a couple of his friends were leaving a football um, practice. And as they were pulled over, two other police cars came up. And of course, everyone in the car became fearful, right? Being black, male in America and being pulled over, a lot of times the end result isn't positive. And in some cases, it ends deadly. 
And so as I began to build my rapport with several police officers based on that incident, one of the things that one of the officers said when I addressed it, because as a mother, I need my son to know not only should he be protected by police, but as a mother, I'm going to protect him as much as I can. Um, one of the things that struck me was the officer said, Michelle, I didn't know that was your son. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, what did it matter if it was my son or not, <laughs> right, right? right? young man who ultimately learned you didn't get a ticket, nothing happened, but your reason for pulling him over in all of our opinions were because he was a young black man who was playing music in a neighborhood quoted that he hadn't been in before. Um, and so my ideology or my thoughts on how to kind of curve, and I want to be clear, of course, I do not have all the answers. I can't promise anything, but I've been doing my own research and some new articles that have been released through NPR is along the lines of community policing. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean we would just forgo police and we would just um, police ourselves, but it's a combination of us policing ourselves, as well as creating a community police where they knew who everyone was in the community that they are policing. Right. Right. It's no longer where they're in there playing clothes and they're jumping out of cars. You know, we like to call them a jump out boys. There should be police that when I come out my door, I know Officer Ricky. Right. Mm -hmm. I know that he knows all of my children. He knows my neighbors. And when he's in our neighborhood, he knows what we have have going on as far as personal, professionally. He knows us. It's more of a family atmosphere. So when they're in our community, they know who is typically there. They know um, things that we might be going through. Well, maybe Charles did see to that stop sign. Well, hey, his wife is about to have a baby. So you know what? I'm going to let him pass today. So I would love to get to a more of a community policing. I think Panama City, honestly, is a really small town where this could be um, a project, a pilot to test out. Um, Right now, they're testing it out in bigger cities, but I really like the idea of community policing where we have a voice, um, we have a united front in addressing crime in our community versus a more authority approach where we're the police, do what we say more, you're the police, we work together, and let's fix this crime issue collectively. Love it. That's that's what I wanted to hear. I'm going to ask you some questions. I don't remember. I'm just getting started. K100 Radio. <laughs> I am your host, Blizzle. You are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip-hop and R&B. All right. We're rocking out with Michelle Bryant. Listen, I, I, she's been calling me sour. She's been calling me by my government first name. Probably probably the only guest I've ever, ever in life had on this show. I've been doing this show 10 years. So far, I haven't said one, I haven't said one profane word, which is, is very good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, she called me by my government name. This is what happens when you step outside of your comfort zone over here today. Things change. Conversations change. All right, listen. Um, I'm getting ready to go back to the uh, phone lines, okay? I, I got some uh, people that's been waiting, so we want to make sure we get these callers because they took the time to call, all right? All right. Okay. Um, area code 301. Area code 301257. Welcome to K100. Who's this? Hey, this is Anthony Bryant. How you doing? Welcome, brother. Welcome to the Hello. show. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you for having me. Um, two things. Well, three. Uh, Michelle, thank you for running. Uh, I, I for one, I'm I'm from Panama City, and I stay in the Washington D.C. area, and um, I am so glad to see that you have taken these steps to become a cha- uh, an agent of change. And one of my questions is, what makes you different? You know, because 
there are other candidates that are running. Um, one of my biggest fears is uh, getting uh, uh, the, the 2.0 version upgrade to what we already have. What makes you different? You know, um, I heard some comments in reference to the uh, the corruption, the, the onslaught of new bedfellows joining up, because I do have an ear to the community outside of, uh, of, of being here in Washington, and I do being here in Washington gives me uh, a chance to look at things a little differently because my federal involvement, some things I see before they even come. Um, but what what makes you different than the candidates that, that are running? Because I've heard their platforms, I've seen their new band fellows, I've seen their connections, and some of the connections to the corruption. What makes you different? It's a good question. Go ahead. I'm going to pause you real quick and let her answer it. Go ahead, Michelle. Oh, that's a really loaded question. So first thing, stop. Uh, let me blizz them. <laughs> no, 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 no. You go ahead. Oh, just, just, go ahead. Just, just call me. Just, you yes. haven't called me we, by my government name yet. We, that's right. We, listen, we've been going, we go way back. You're allowed. I'm a, I'll allow it today on this, on okay, this particular one. I'll allow it. Go ahead. I appreciate that. So <laughs> this is something many of the listeners and viewers may be hearing for the first time. So originally, when we set up this interview, there were three candidates that were running. Um, the incumbent, as of today, has withdrew his petition to run. And so with that said, it decreases the candidacy or the election to two candidates, and of course, one being myself. And so one of the things that I think separates me from the other or the competition, because I don't need to mention names, is that I wasn't a part of the corruption. Um, I bring a first set of eyes to what is happening in the community. Um, I've been in the fight. As another caller mentioned previously, I've been in the community. It's great that someone can say they grew up, their family is, you know, a native of a community. But really what this war too needs today immediately is a candidate that's been in the fight and wants to continue to fight to make things right. In addition to that, I come with a financial background. Right? While that's not a prerequisite, it should be something that's required. You want to have someone that is not in this business to make money. As I mentioned, I'm a disabled vet. I'm good. And so with that said, you need someone that comes into this office that's not going to make weird vet fellow relationships in regards to wanting to continue with what's currently happening in War Two. If you've been in a community and you've been a so-called leader for 20-plus years, I would be embarrassed to say that because when you ride down MLK, when you ride around War II, nothing's changed in 20 years. Things have actually gotten worse. From the time me and Blizzum grew up here in Linwood, as the caller said before, we could walk the stores. We had um, Black-owned businesses. We had entertainment. We had restaurants and all kinds of businesses to allow people in the community to thrive. So to say I've been in the community for 20 years and I've been a leader, it does a disservice to the individuals and the residents in this community because things have gone worse. They're not better. So again, to answer that question, what do I bring or what makes me different? I bring that perspective of we need change, right? We need this community to grow in St. Andrews, in Millville, in Glenwood. We need a change. And I bring that because, as I said, I don't have any relationships for 20 years with anybody in City Hall. I haven't sat on any boards where members are now in jail for corruption. 
And so I bring a fresh set of eyes. I bring my military background of being able to collaborate in conflict resolution. And this is absolutely what War II needs to take it to the next level. While I may not have been a community leader in Glenwood or the community for 20 years, I have been a community advocate, a public servant for way longer. All right. Good answer. I like it. So, and someone asked a question. There's a couple of questions that are coming in on the uh, live, sh- on the live stream also as well. Okay. Um, someone asked, uh, you know, the new, the new Marcelino Park apartments, uh, they won't return to low income. How did that happen? Uh, they thought the city was about to make them affordable housing. Um, you know, when you try to uh, renegotiate that, if you become the commissioner, um, they're asking basically, you know, about Massalina. So those, so they, they rebuild in Massalina, but they're not affordable housing anymore. Is that what happened? Because is, is that, is that, who made that decision? And is that something that you could, could fix? Because some people are asking you, are you going to fix it? But do you have, the first, the first question is, do you have the power to fix it? Is it something that was decided at a state level and they're going to, you know, but, but it, I don't know. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not privy to the information cause I'm right. You know, so, but if you don't mind answering that question, to the best yeah, of your sure. So, so to answer that question, let me start off by saying that um, those apartments are managed by the Panama City Housing Authority. So that wasn't a decision made by the Panama City Commission or any commissioner. Um, and so with that, that entity did make the decision to make those apartments workforce apartments. So what that means is those apartments now could range anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars to up for $1,700 for those who work and meet the income requirements. So long gone are the days where those were projects or you know you didn't have to work to live there. Um, the Panama City Housing Authority made that decision to make them more working affordable apartments. So as commissioner, while I wouldn't have the authority to renegotiate that or change that, what I would like to do is find a way to create more affordable housing. So while Massalina may not be the end deal, we can definitely explore many other properties that the city owns to make affordable housing. And I want to kind of shift gears from Massalina to the fact that the biggest landowner real estate in Ward 2 is the city of Panama City. Yeah, and it's... No. And, yeah. No. Yeah. So, that is not good. <laughs> so, because... I mean, why? Why? You know what I'm saying? Why do they have all this land? What are they going to put on it? What are they doing with it? Um... I've, 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 and I'm going to go back. To, I'm going I'm to let, I think the uh, caller had one other question and then I'm going to go back to the, to the next one. Um, up here in Atlanta, we've seen massive gentrification. If people don't know what that, that means, just trying to just do a quick search on that. We've seen massive gentrification of, of low income houses. And long story short, that's where they come in. They move all the low income people out and tear down the projects, slap some uh, new houses and condos and stuff up. That's, not mm-hmm. affordable for everybody that, that, that was born and raised or normally lived there, pushing, thus pushing them out, rising the price of the land so they can't afford it anymore. And then, you know, they kind of just flip, flip the property, right, by forcing people out. That's going on all over Atlanta. I've been here for 20-something years, and I've seen them literally just gut downtown and change it, do all that. Do you see anything like that going on as far as with the land and with the acquisition of the land by the city? With them, are, they, are they hoarding the land to try to redevelop it and make it more uh, too pricier because you see them trying to make a shift down there or just real quick your your thoughts on what they could possibly be doing why do they have all this land in the first place right so that's like another good question um Blizzle. so you're saying you've seen gentrification over the last few years in atlanta what i'll say here in panama city in the city limits of panama city it has been going on for several years 
They have been acquiring land over the last 10, 15 years, specifically in Ward 2. If you check out all the wards within the city, there's four wards, Ward 1, 2, 3, and 4. You'll look and see that the mass amount of property that they own is in Ward 2. And I know in the beginning, you started out by saying, well, why? And that's a really good question. Why would a city, a municipality, own so much land in such a small district within their municipality? So when we talk about gentrification, I always tell people it's not just starting. We're getting to the end phase, right? Mm -hmm. They already own, own all the property to bring in these high-rise condos and apartments to push our community out. So if elected as commissioner, one of my main focuses, I need the city, if you're not going to build, sell that land. Get the taxpayers their money back. If you're not going to build something on it, why are you holding on to it? It makes no sense. It doesn't make any dollars. If anything, taxpayers are having to pay more money out because you're holding on to this land, you're having to pay taxes on it. And I have to remind people, the city doesn't have this magical pot of money that flies into the city's bank account. It's your tax dollars. It's your property dollars that they're using every year to buy this property and sit on it and not develop it. And so what we want to see is all the land that the city owns, specifically in Ward 2, let's be productive with this land. Let's build businesses, let's build true affordable housing, and let's make best use to rebuild War Two back to its prime. All right. Okay. So I'm going to let uh, Anthony, and then we got one more. I'm, I know you wanted to ask one more question. I'm going to let you get, uh, Anthony, bring you back on the line. Give me one quick question, and then we'll go to one more caller. Yeah. But go ahead. You, yeah, you kind of like, you kind of knocked it out of the park for me. Uh, and Michelle did an extraordinary job explaining it. And it's really called a P3 initiative that the the city has done and kind of like circumvented the land and kind of pushed away investors by doing a little cheap tax uh, uh, incentives to raise money for the city instead of investing the land to sellers and people who want to invest in, in business. But the next thing I wanted to ask Michelle in reference to re- gentrification, how logistically and statistically we can fund and make a bad situation good because it seems the new zoning is a zoning of of, of saturation of people of color that promotes all the things you talked about earlier crime and this and that. How can we make that? Or what's the plan of making that good by funding or creating subcommittees that can get the funding to nonprofit organizations that are functional? I say again, non-501C3 companies or organizations that can be functional in the community to bring change. Because everything can't come from the city commission. You know, there's a hundred odd plus nonprofit organizations in Panama City. And some uh, uh even your 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 opponent, she they chair a couple of these things that will partner up with those who did that are incarcerated time. What can we do as a nonprofit to better our community and bring the proper funding to war to to make it better you know how 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 do that collaboration look to you and uh could you explain that and thank you for allowing me to share uh absolutely 
Absolutely. All right. So he wants to know how can how can the businesses, how can this, how can the nonprofits, how can they all work together with the commissioner's office, with the city, all in con- all in concert to to make sure that everything works. <laughs> to, you know, come together. Yeah. Like it's a good question though, because you know, because the business owners want to know, and the people that own the five hundred ones, you know, they want to know too. That's another good question. And so I want to back up a little bit to make sure all of the listeners can hear all the pieces to the answer or answer to the question and piece it together. So we mentioned P3 and what most people may not be aware. A P3 is a term that stands for public-private partnership, three Ps. And the city of Panama City created a P3 specifically for the city of Panama City. And what that means is all the land that they own, they'll lease it versus allow someone to buy it. And so when I was introduced to this type of process, I did my own homework. And what I learned is that P3s are not successful in your low-income, medium-income areas. And so that's basically war two, the low-income, medium-income level area. And so one of the things if I was commissioner I would like to do is, one, get rid of P3 in a war like war two, if possible. Um, businesses would be more um, attracted to coming to Panama City if we remove that. I want to let you know that from an economic development standpoint, most businesses, they take a risk when they move into low middle income areas. So a lot of times they have to seek funding from third parties. And so as a third party, a bank, if I'm looking at your financials and where you're looking to build, you don't own the land. It's not attractive for me to give you this loan. Hence why there's no new businesses in more to the Glenwood Corridor because a lot of the land is owned by the city and they only offer P3. Okay? Right. So the first thing I would do is get rid of those P3s, right? If there's a developer who wants to come in and build something that's healthy, that's safe, that's productive, bring them in, right? That brings in more TIF dollars, which contributes to the CRA. So that ties into your question about how can nonprofits work with the city to make this work for the community, there's a lot of funding out there. There's CDFI funding that allows low-income, medium-income areas that tap into government and federal funds to build in those areas to revitalize it, which is what the CRA was built for. While we don't see much built in War II, let's take a step back. Look at the funding that the CRA brings in. Look at the city partnering with a very boots-to-the-ground nonprofit. Tap into those CDFI funding and bring business back to war, too. All right. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's been doing their homework like we was. <laughs> like we was. <laughs> <laughs> You should say, did you admit to copying off my paper earlier? I'm a, I, this is being recorded. I think you said you did admit that you used to copy off my paper. I did a couple of times. And Miss Connor, yeah. shout out to Miss Connor, the best sixth <laughs> grade teacher out there. <laughs> All right. All right. We got one more call. I want to make sure I grab this caller. And then we can start to wrap it up. We're we coming up on an hour, and I want to make sure that you got okay. you know, any last words or everything. I feel like the conversation has been going pretty good. We have. Uh, and also, you know, go back and look at the live stream on Facebook because some people were asking you questions. You maybe can respond to them directly. We, we had a compressed amount of time, and I wanted to make sure the people who took the time out to call had the floor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Before we get ready to go, I'll give you all the number one more time. It's pinned 516-387-1523 um, if you want to hit us real quick before we get ready to get up out of here. Let me take this other call real quick, though. Area code 850-866. Hello, who's this? Uh, yes, um, my name is Deja. Um, how are you doing today? How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. 
I just okay, want to say got? some stuff. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you've been doing in the community so far, and we really appreciate it. Um, I am actually from the younger generation, the new generation coming over to take over a little bit. Um, I just, my question for Michelle is, uh, me being the new generation, how are you going to make sure that um, us newer generation understands the history of Glenwood? That's a good question. Oh, that's a great question. So, as I mentioned earlier, it's not to toot my horn. It's something we used to say in my old corporate company, Adidas. It's not brag. It's just fact. I'm already working on that. As you guys know, the Glenwood um, Culture Center was tore down. Okay. A lot of our history right now, at this very moment, is sitting in a room at A.D. Harris Educational Center. So, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> want to make sure I heard you, I heard you right. Um, okay. So you said that the historical archives for Glenwood, they don't they technically don't have a home. They're just sitting somewhere in Patterson. Well, well, I got, I got, I think they're in good hands in Patterson because my people is over there. What's up, Mama? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But still, seriously, still at this point. And okay. they're not at Patterson. They're at A.D. Harris. Oh, I thought you said Patterson. You said A.D. Harris. No, they're at A.D. Harris. A.D. Harris. Yeah. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. So. And so my goal is to find a safe place for those artifacts. Um, I'm currently working with the city. And um, one, we're going to display them out of that room on February 18th at Rosenwald during our resource and culture fair. These artifacts need a home. There are so much rich history here in War II, not just Glenwood. Of course, we know Glenwood was an enormous business district, but we also have Oak Grove over in St. Andrews, the Oak Hill community, where we have a large community of very successful um, African-Americans. Um, we have history that dates back to when we had Redfish Point before it was Tyndall Air Force Base. There's a lot of rich history that this caller, and she probably forgot to mention, sorry, that's my oldest daughter. Oh, okay. She thought she was going to trick me with a question there. <laughs> <laughs> but really allowing them to learn about this history, and in order for them to do that, it needs to be on display. And not just during Black History Month, but throughout the year. There's so much, and even myself, being a native of Panama City, is still learning. Um, shout out to Mr. Marshall, Mr. Clark. They have really been educating me on a lot of things that go way beyond my vision on what Glenwood, the St. Andrews and Millville community was about. It's a very thriving, rich community that was able to thrive on its own. So while, of course, we can't go back to the past, we definitely want to create a future that reminiscent of success, of resilience, and of us being able to thrive in our own community. Right, exactly. I like it. So. There's, there's, there's so much to unwrap. I just wanted to make sure, first of all, first and foremost, K100 Radio, again, I'm your host, Blizzard. Thanks, everybody, for uh, uh, tuning in and watching and being a part of, calling in, leaving your comments on this uh, special interview that I did. Uh, again, I've been talking to Michelle Bryant, um, and like I said, you know, I gave everybody full disclosure. Yes, I do know her personally as we did go to school together, but again, this was bigger than just me and her and the conversation that we had and even just her candidacy only, it's actually all about really 
getting involved in the political process. Um, and, and, and like I said, I can't vote there, you know, but, but as, a, as someone that has a platform, I, I can help people, help bring people together digitally, you know, over the, you know, from everywhere and, and see if we can get some real questions and get some real dialogue going as a media platform. I do it all the time up here. It's just in another realm, it's just in entertainment, but we can cross over when I feel it's necessary. And I do feel like it's necessary because I've just been seeing too much, too much corruption, too much, too many news stories, too much just that needs to be changed. And listen, if this, if, 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 if you're the change agent, if you're the one that's going to do it, cool. You know, that's, that's cool. But it, this is somebody that I know personally, and, you know, just, just to keep it 100, Dorothy, this is my first time saying her name all night. It's been, it's, been, it's been killing me to call her Michelle all night because I don't call her Michelle. I call her Dorothy, D. Michelle. The D stands for Dorothy. I call her Dorothy, all right, has just been a good person as long as I can remember, right? You know what I'm saying? Even when I was out of control, even when I was off the chain, even when I was bad, even when I was you know, all the way left, she's just, been, she's just generally just always been a nice person, honestly. I'm not saying that because she's on my show, because I know I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. You know, right. if I don't do nothing else, I keep it 100 over here. Like, seriously. Like, she's just been a nice person. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, but, but it was good to just, knowing that she's a nice person, but now, listening to her speak and talk about how much she actually knows, very impressive. I gotta tell you, I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Seriously. Seriously. So it's, 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 not, it's not just about the fact that I know her. It's about the fact that I, that I know she's a good person. But tonight, this conversation, I wanted to try to highlight your intellect and highlight your knowledge, you know. And again, I want everybody to understand that my platform is open to everybody. I, I know other candidates, too. So my, this platform is open to them, too. They reach out. We're going to have the same discussion because I want everybody to have all sides when you guys are down there voting. All right, because again, I can't vote, but I want you guys to make a great informed decision and please just just go vote. Just just don't yes. don't yes. just don't please don't give me the it don't change nothing, it don't matter. Yes, it does. Yes. People don't spend all this money in this yes. country on elections for nothing. Stop right. stop stop it. Stop. Stop telling yourself it don't matter. Stop. Stop that narrative. Stop letting people tell you that. All right, just because they feel like they ain't because if if they don't own nothing and they don't care, they don't have a business, they don't have a home, they don't have. But but it matters, it matters. Absolutely. And those people still matter. But we got to we've got to stop this as a people, this perverted way of thinking that our vote doesn't matter. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does yeah, actually. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I need for everybody to just and that's why that's that's why it's um because I I, I you know I I got into politics more the older I got, and so you know I, I've seen it paying out up here in Atlanta crazy ways, but I know that it matters. So I just wanted to make sure I got the platform so you had a chance to speak, Dorothy, and, you know, give out, you know, the information that you felt like you wanted to present to the people and then also have the people ask you questions on this public forum so people can see the comments mm-hmm. and hear it loud. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no backroom yep. stuff. This ain't no backroom deals. And that's right. really and what... No secret meetings. Right. No secret meetings. <laughs> no secret society. Yeah. Absolutely. And if I could add uh, Sarah, since you're going to put my whole real government name yes. out there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it is so very vital that you vote. And it's not a matter of you voting for me. Whoever you choose to vote for, make an educated and informed decision and vote. Here in 
Panama City, you still have time to vote. You can go to the office and register to vote. If you've been someone who maybe your rights were taken away and you're in a place where now you can work to get your rights restored, head on down to um, the supervisor of elections office and get the paperwork that you need to be able to get your rights to vote restored. Also, if you're not sure what ward you're in, you can also contact the supervisor of elections. Our team has actually been hitting the ground, letting people know that they're in ward two, let them hear about me and questions. I'm also knocking on doors. And also, before I stop, I want to say um, a huge shout out to Cyril for allowing me to be <laughs> on the show. As he mentioned, he's opening this platform up to any other candidate, and I really appreciate that because some people want you to only hear one side of the story. They're only going to invite one candidate to their little show. But what I can say is I appreciate you, Sarah, for allowing me to come on your yeah. bigger platform and allowing people to hear from me, not from people that may think they know me, but hear it straight from me. And I also welcome anyone in Panama City to reach out to me, you can go to my website, you can go to my Facebook page, Michelle Bryant for Panama City Commissioner of War 2. You can ask me questions, inbox me. If you see me on the streets, you can say, hey, if you ain't got no food, don't be talking about no questions. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, register to vote. Inform anyone 18 or older to get out there and vote, because right now it's very critical. War 2 needs you. Absolutely. They need you to vote. Please do. That's That's if, if, if you don't get anything else out of this tonight, and, and, and I just, I did it because I want to raise awareness and I, I just, I miss my people, my people. Y'all know, if y'all, if, if we friends on Facebook, if we're not, if you're friends, you know, you know what's up. If, if we're not friends, how you doing? If I don't know you, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm a very outspoken <laughs> person. Um, yes, I, he I, is. I've kept it very clean for this one because I wanted to make sure that this can be shared on anywhere. So I was making sure that I was... Mm, you know what I'm saying? Keep it a hundred and keep it clean. So, so you can play this replay wherever you want to play it in, 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 in any environment. So you can really get the information. So no one will be offended or anything like that. And that was the whole point. So listen, I'm glad that you came. I think it went well, right? I think it went well. I think it went very well. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, someone, why is, why are people saying debate? People are saying debate in the chat. I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, I'm down. Oh, I'm I down can, for debate. Oh, I can make that happen. If y'all yeah. don't want to, if y'all, uh, anyway, I'm my inbox works both ways. Y'all hit me up. Tell them <laughs> I'm I ain't hiding. I ain't hiding. They want they want to set it up. I can set it up. I can make it work. We can make it work. It's, yeah. It's nothing. We can do that. So I, that would be great. That would be great too. You know what I'm saying? Debates are always good. You know what I'm saying? Always. Right. All right. So listen. Before one more time. Give them the um the, uh, the the social media and everything. Oh oh, and the wars, please please, because that's that's one thing that's changed. That just changed in December. One more time, run down the wards. Everybody who's a part of Ward Two, all right. If you're not in Ward Two, still go out and vote, so she can have some company people to work with. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like she can't. She's not the commissioner is not a a president, a, a governor. She needs other people to work with her. On local issues, she's just only so if if she if you got a good person in ward two, but everybody else is corrupt in one through one three and four, well she's not going to be able to do much. Okay, all right. So listen, make sure that you you know even if you don't live in this particular ward, that you going out and getting the best information and voting for the people, the best candidate that can then foster change and that will probably be willing to work with someone like her. If this if this is the person that you believe you want to vote for, or you're hearing this and you don't live in ward two but you like it. Try to find some, some similar ground on some of your other candidates. You know what I'm saying? Find, find somebody that's knowledgeable. 
somebody that's out here, somebody that's been in the community, somebody's got a background in business that knows what they're doing. They know how to count. So, you know, two plus two equals four, not one and where did the other three go? You know what I'm saying? You feel me? All right. So <laughs> let's 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 make sure that we just you know you people are down there voting for the uh the best candidates and they that you possibly can. So real quick, break down everything that encompasses War Two and then give me a sign off and we'll wrap it up. Sure. So remember War Two has been redistricted and War Two continues to contain a piece of Millville from Seventh Street over, as well as the MLK, the Glenwood corridor, as well as it has been expanded over into the St. Andrews area, which includes the Macedonia apartments all the way to um, Frankfurt uh, Avenue, which is Flowers and Fortune and that whole area is now War Two. Jinx has expanded, Harrison has expanded. So again, if you're not sure, you can always call the supervisor of elections. And guess what? I'll put my information out there. You can reach me via Facebook. I can confirm if you're in War Two or not. And you can go like my Facebook page, which is Michelle Bryan for Panama City Commissioner for War Two. Get up, like it, ask questions. I'm available, myself and my team. We answer questions as soon as we get to I post where we're going to be with various meet me's. We're in the community. We're knocking on doors. And you can also go to my website at any time. And my website is www.michellepcward2.org. So you can go to my website. You can make donations. Um, just join the fight because right now in War Two, we're really in a fight. So come on board, become educated and informed so we can create War Two and being a standard of excellence. All right. All right. K100 Radio, we get ready to sign off. Make sure you go over there and rock with Michelle Bryan. I really appreciate her for coming on the show. Thanks again, Michelle. Thank you guys for having me. All right. K100 Radio. We get, too, you know what it is. K100 Radio, we get ready to get up out of here. Make sure that you guys, um, make sure that you guys, uh, please, um, any information that you, you, you didn't get a chance to, that we didn't get a chance to cover or whatever, please, by all means, um, you know, uh, reach out to her, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to have the answers, but she will. Um, and, and just, and just try to get as much information as you can find out if you're in ward one, two, wherever you're at and make sure you show up on election day. Um, again, I want to make sure I say this again, clearly, this is an open invitation to any other candidate that wants to come on K1 radio. I promise you, you will get the same treatment. All right. We want to make sure that everybody, it, you know, as a media platform, um, you know, and somebody that actually cares about the city, I want to give everybody a shot. So, you know, if anybody else wants to be on this platform, just let them know I'm all good with that. All right. You and wanna... don't forget to download K100 Radio on your app. Go oh, like yeah. his page. Yes. Yes. Please. Please support. We are. We are music. We're. We're. We're music broadcast. So, you know, we play hip hop and R&B. If if you're a little, or if you're not into hip hop and R&B, probably you know, but still. You know, I mean, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Download us and give us a five-star rating. That helps us. That's free. It don't cost you nothing. But if you do like hip-hop and R&B music and you do like independent music and you do like music events and stuff, download the K100 Radio app, all right? It's uh, on. Um, it's available for free if you got an iPhone or a uh, Google app or just visit our website on k100radio.com. Or at the very least, if you're on Facebook, just like our, K- like our Facebook page. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's the least we can ask. All right? That's it. Uh, Michelle, listen, uh, everybody listening over on the uh, K100 Radio broadcast, we're going to get back into the music. I appreciate you guys for uh, taking the time out. This is K100 Radio. I'm your host, Blizzard. This has been an interview with Michelle Bryant. It was so much fun. We out of here. You are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip-hop and R&B.
It's street anthems, bitch. Hey, come on. Music certified by the streets. This your man DJ Will Money. Catch my mix show, Street Anthems Live, right here on this station. I'm playing the hottest hip-hop and R&B music. I'm also showing love to all the independent artists with the indie spotlight segment. So tune in to your favorite station right here. Let's get it. Hey, yo. Street Anthems Live Mix Show. Yeah, keep it locked. Get live with DJ Will Money. MidwestMixtapes.com, the number one website for Midwest rap. MidwestMixtapes.com. They promote and market albums, mixtapes, singles, and videos. MidwestMixtapes.com. They can get you on DJ conference calls, blogs, and email blasts. MidwestMixtapes.com. They work with several magazines, college radio campaigns, and street teams in multiple cities. All right. Okay. Now you got everybody texting me talking about, hey, Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's my screen. There it is. All right. So I think it went. Uh, I think it went pretty well. I think it went pretty well. I think well. so too. Um, no hiccups. Um, really good questions. Um, I'll go to the post and answer some of the um Facebook questions that might be there. And we definitely got to do this again. Like yeah, the definitely. Or we yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. just let me know, man. Like I said, and um, you know. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot to turn it off on the uh. <laughs> I forgot to turn it off on the broadcast. They were listening to our conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, let me turn off the switchboard, too. They can still hear us over there, too. Let me end, let me end everything. Hold on. Let me yeah, end just it. end it all. All right. 